I'm Joshua from Ask the Child Whisperer, and I am here to offer you some parenting help that is real life for real life kids. Whether you have a mellow kid or super spicy, I'm the coach for you. Hello, I hope your day is going really well or getting better, or sometimes you're just base level, right? You are alive and you're taking it one step at a time. However you are today, I'm happy to share this time with you. And I wanted to jump in and talk about something that I feel is really important to discuss, friendship, friends, BFFs. I feel that it is a topic that isn't really discussed in a way that it's helpful for children. And remember, the reason why I talk about things isn't because your kid, it's its like a momentary thing in their life. Like, yes, I'm helping you while they're two, while they're three, while they're four, while they're seven, while they're nine. But a lot of the concepts that I'm teaching you are things to help them evolve as humans. So Yes, we're doing a lot of heavy lifting now, but all of these things should bear fruit as they become adults, young adults, adults, older people. All of these things are ways to think about something very ordinary in an extraordinarily powerful way. So when I was a preschool teacher, there's this misconception, even before preschool, that your kids will have friends. And the way that the word friends is used is very generic and very misleading. And it leads to a lot of heartbreak and a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, misery that isn't called for because it doesn't really have a clear meaning. Adults use it in a really sloppy, messy way. So there's a lot of, I hope you have a best friend. I hope you play with your best friend today. Oh, go find your friend. And what happens in early childhood is there are very few kids who instinctively go out to find a coupling, right? Or to be in a pair or to be with someone. And most of the time when children are really young, they go out to investigate things, water puddles, uh, sticks, a toy, a shovel that someone has picked up. So there's this interest in objects not necessarily, their interests aren't necessarily completely driven by the other person. So they may be attracted by how someone brings a toy to life or a thing to life. But oftentimes adults mistake that for they really like that kid. I see it as sometimes I really like how that kid plays or I like how that kid uses things, but the child isn't necessarily enamored by the entire personality that is in front of them. So because parents confuse this, adults in general, they start to do a lot of hard pushing, a lot of marketing toward, oh, Daniel's your friend, you're always next to Daniel. And many times, they may be standing next to Daniel because they like how he digs a hole. It's not necessarily that they like the essence, the whole person that is Daniel, like they haven't gotten to that place. And so what happens is because we start to teach kids that you navigate better with friends, you navigate better in a couple, you have more fun if you have a BFF, for some children, it becomes this this elusive mythological thing. And so some children completely get overwhelmed by the whole thing. And so they're like, let me just find an adult 
or let me just play by myself. Because this thing you keep telling me to go find or go get, I can't do it. Either I don't have that skill set, or I don't find it necessary, or it's not really appealing. There are other children who glom on to someone because they feel they don't have the resources within themselves to navigate all situations, whether they're happy situations, tricky situations, sad, scary, fun. And so they need a partner in it. And they oftentimes will take the back seat and allow this person to lead. Right? So in that instance, what you're describing as friendship is very different from what I would call it right? I would say, oh, that's a necessary partnership or, oh, that's like your work buddy. I would describe it very differently than saying that's your best friend or, oh, that's your goodest friend of all of the people in this classroom. Because there's definitely, there's a leaning into someone as a resource as opposed to like this heart connection. We get each other kind of thing. Another way that I see children latch on to people is that people oversell it. Adults oversell it. And so then they feel they have no choice but to play with this other person. Like that is the expectation. So it'll be, oh, remember, get to school because so-and-so is waiting for you. Oh, oh my goodness. So-and-so is there. Let's run across the yard and say hi to that kid. And so you bypass a lot of other kids because you're starting to teach your kid like this is how you should do it. This should be your person. And so whether they like it or not, some children just give in to that pressure that there is all this adult expectation or there's this insistence that this is magical. You two being together should work. And so in all instances that that I've described, the word friend or best friend is really something, a concept that is an adult concept. So I do not use the word friends with children all the time. That isn't the only word I use. In fact, I prefer to use it rarely. So I will refer to children as my friends because I have established a unique relationship with each of those children. But that is my description of my relationship with each one. It does not mean that I assume that they are friends. I do assume that they are peers I do make the reference as co-workers or co-players, but I don't use the word friend really in a really big, everyone is your friend, we all get along because that's not the reality. And so I think that is where the word friends gets really muddied. Then you expect children to work through negative experiences with their friend and so the expectations, the connection you're expecting because you use that word friend isn't actually there. So there's a lot of times when a kid is like, I don't like that kid. He's not my friend. And everyone's saying, you are friends. Where I think it's easier, more honest, and easier to navigate relationships with other people if you started at the ground level hey, you're in the same class together. Wow, look, you guys share the same space. You share the same materials. So I'm saying, by luck, we are in the same space frequently with this person. So I'm reminding them that there should be some type of 
observation that my kid is making about this kid, some study, some awareness. So it kind of helps them ratchet down feelings of, I'll never be here again, or I'm nervous things are going to change. I start to teach them that there is some familiarity in the rhythms and the responses of people around them. That helps them start to feel, huh, do I feel drawn to this person or do I actually feel like I need to take a step back from this person, right? That's where your kid is starting to develop that gut feeling to be drawn into or to be or to push away or keep space from that person. Neither is good or bad, but you want your child to develop a sense of, will this relationship work for me? And what type of relationship with this other kid will work for me? So acquaintanceship is a very healthy relationship model, but it's never talked about. Coworkers is a healthy relationship model, but it's also not praised or used. Everyone leans on friends and best friends. So again, let's loop back. When you're going somewhere new, instead of saying, oh, I wonder if you're going to make friends, I say, oh, I wonder if there'll be people who will be interested in the same thing you are. I wonder if there'll be Spider-Man lovers. Oh, I wonder if there'll be cake makers like you. Oh, I wonder if someone will want to like jump or run in zigzags like you like. So I'm helping them create a lens. How do I attach to other people? Let me look at interests. Interests that we share, techniques that be might be interesting, stories that may call my attention. So I move away from you have to love this person for no reason at all, other than they share the same space and you were in baby group together, to what does this person do? How does this person play? What do they talk about? Oh, does that work for me? Does that interest me? Okay, then I'm teaching them a step forward, right? And the step forward is not your automatically BFFs. It's like, oh, I can go on these little adventures, whether it's an auditory adventure because this kid is telling a story or it's a dramatic play adventure because you're deciding to be pirates together in a space. But I'm saying you don't have to make the ultimate commitment. So isn't this funny? It sounds like you see a girl, you see a guy, we're in love, we're going to get married, right? In the in our adult world, we try not to do that or we've seen how unhealthy that approach is. And yet we use that model with children all the time. And the reason why it takes an ugly turn is once children feel they have pleased adults or they have met the goal of, well, I should play with this kid, they then do not have the autonomy. They are not empowered. They don't have the agency to then say, this doesn't work for me. I don't want to play with you. You are not my friend because then everyone has bought in to this mythological perfect relationship. So then everyone is coaching them to stay together, even though this friendship is ill-fitting for both parties involved. Did you hear me on that? If it's ill-fitting for both parties involved, that's why you have to move slower, be more self-aware about why am I angling for my kid to have a best friend? Why am I so attached to this relationship? Why is it that I cannot start over at ground one, right? Step one. 
What do you know about this kid? What do you enjoy about this kid? What doesn't work for you about this kid? Right? The ability to say, huh, my kid should be able to watch, see, experiment, if you will, try out before they move on to the next level of connection with this person. And we cannot put all of our eggs in that basket. Like this is not our journey to live. The golden, golden, golden reason to think about it differently is because you may not have had the liberty of choosing to create or sustain certain relationships in your own life right? You think this is all about your kids. I want you to take the moment to think about yourself. Which relationships were you forced into? Whether it was PTA, best friends, clubs, groups, hangouts, coworkers, whatever it was. Which relationships were you goaded into? Other people had so much interest, so much vested interest in something that lightly impacted them, but greatly impacted you. So it's the ability to tell your kid then stories. Oh, I'm not best friends with this mom. I just enjoy doing the pickup line with her because she likes to work the way I like to work. So I enjoy doing this task with her. But I wouldn't call us best friends because we don't like to do other things together. We only share this one interest. So I like to do it with her. So your kid starts to see, oh, there are different levels of connections that you make with humans that work for you, that feel good. You don't have to go all in. There don't have to be play dates. There doesn't have to be brunches on the weekend or hanging out at the beach. Like it could just be one thing you enjoy doing together. So you're starting to teach your child, you don't have to go all in on people. I don't believe that to be healthy for children, and I also don't believe it to be doable. So for a typical kid, this coaching sounds like, what do you know about him? What do you like about him? What do you like to do together? What do you like to watch him doing? What would you like for him to help give you a hand with? That's a typical kid. For children who are struggling socially, when you lob in best friend, They're like, I I can barely walk toward a person. I I can barely look at this person and hold eye contact. I'm terrified this kid is going to take all my toys. So this kid is already worried about all these other elements that they have not mastered. And so you're pushing them into this very tense situation, right? It's a really high level expectation that they just cannot It doesn't sound gratifying, it doesn't sound doable, Um, and it may cause more tension because they're like, oh crap, not only do I have to do school, do transitions, (laughs) do what the teachers say, listen to these kids who make no sense to me and try to get along with them. I have to also like pee and poop without feeling overwhelmed by that. I also have to manage eating with these people who I may not feel completely comfortable with. And now you're asking me to make the ultimate commitment to find a best friend. Do you see how that may sound to a child that hasn't figured out social maneuverings? So again, I'll bring it all the way back to the beginning. 
This conversation is relevant whether your kid is 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 22, 38. It's relevant. Have you slowed down enough to figure out what types of relationships you would like or enjoy having or need to have with particular people? Have you figured out a way to not overcommit for something that doesn't work? Have you found a way to say, yeah, I'm going to scale it back. This doesn't work for me. Have you figured out a way to do this? Because this is life. It's not just early childhood. It is a life. So there is an agreement to become best friends. There isn't, it should not be one-sided, right? So we're teaching kids awareness about what they need, what they want, what feels good to them. Some children will find close friends and it is healthy and is mutually beneficial. A majority of kids do not. They do not. It is a myth. There's a third of the kids who like to play on their own mostly. They'll dip in and out of little uh, group experiences, but they are really focused on materials or ideas that really, really bring them joy or they're curious about. So they're more driven by those things than about this back and forth with another person who may not share the interest at that level. There is another, right, another third of the group that enjoys being with a group. A group is fine. Two or three, four, five, it's fine. They can sit wherever they sit as long as they're kind of clumped together. They can sit far apart and they exchange glances across the rug or the room. Uh, They can play with two of them or four of them or five of them, right? It doesn't really matter, but they feel comfortable in a group setting and they don't feel that the ground goes out from under them if one person isn't necessarily there. So they can glide between the kids who are solitary players and the kids who are group players. Then there is a much smaller percentage of children who want to be in a couple. They want a partner. And of those partnerships, our job is to figure out, is it healthy? Is it serving a healthy perspective on life? Right? Is this a model that should be repeated? Or do we have to slow this down to teach a bit of individuality in this, that you're not getting lost in the idea of being a couple instead of being individuated people who enjoy things together. So make sure you go back and you think about, wow, how have I defined friendship for my kids? What has been my expectation? And as your children grow, it's really powerful to ask them every now and then, what, what, what works for you? What do you look for in a friend? And I would go beyond the, they're nice, they're kind, like concrete examples. I like a person who will save my page when I go to the bathroom. I like a friend who, even if he's mad, will let me have two turns with the shovel. I like a friend who likes splashing in puddles. That's important. Uh, I don't like a friend who pulls my arm to tell me to go where they play. I don't like 
when my friend tells me what to say, they don't let me answer by myself. So if you go through this motion at dinner or during snack time with your kids, right, there's no pressure, there's no expectation for what they're going to say, but you want them to be able to hear their thoughts out loud. And for you to also be curious and say, wow, I didn't know that this is what was important to you. So I hope this is helpful on many levels. If you have any questions, as always, please feel free to send me a DM. Uh, You can email me at info at askthechildwhisperer.com. And I would love to answer any questions or if you had any like, what? I never thought of this situation. What do you think? If you have some of those comments, I'd love to create a podcast around it. But again, really reflect and talk about within your family or maybe within your social group, like how are you supporting the, the evolution of friendships in your child's lives? Have a great rest of the day.